Now entering Nerdist.com. Hello, and thanks for tuning in to Jonah Ray. Dio can't be here tonight. He is in the depths of hell having a masturbatory party. But on this week's episode, we got some music news, we got some political songs, and we're going to talk about whether auto-tune the news is anything good. But first is our submitted uh, intro song by Jordan Enter. Uh, he said he recorded this while his wife was sleeping in the other room. What else do you do when you get into the uh, room next to your wife sleeping? Do you, do you make songs or do you fucking do? I don't know. See, I never I, I start strong. <laughs> and then. All right. Here's Jordan enters. Uh, here's his uh, intro song. Undiscovered, unfamiliar, you can have it all with Jonah Radio. Really think you like this, and I think you should hear it. It's Jonah Radio. Jonah Radio. Jordan, did you say wife? Was your wife, your female <laughs> wife, sleeping next to you in the room? Uh, thank you so much for that, uh, for doing that. That was very nice. A little, little acapella. Love it. All right. Very so, twee. Very twee. All right. Coming up. This is uh, this is Joan Radio, and uh, with me is my producer Cash. Cash, say hello. Hello. Good. Neil is back with us. Hello, Neil Mahoney. Hi. And then our guest for this week is good old buddy Greg Heller. How's it going, everyone? Greg, you sound like uh, Tom Waits uh, made a glass version of uh, of <laughs> of uh, the sa- of just replacement CDs, and then like just chopped it up and swallowed it and started talking. I take that as the highest compliment, Jonah. That, you said you when I like one time we were drunk. You said you when you were younger you tried to sound like. Uh... I did. I spent most of my life trying to imitate Paul Westerberg. With uh, mixed results and a little bit of Springsteen as well, but uh, I have always spoken like this. If <laughs> you that's say your first that with question. pride, it's true. A little bit of Springsteen, <laughs> just a little it. bit of the two. But yeah, it's true. I've been uh, almost every time in my life I've ever gone to a doctor. Their first question is, "Why do you talk like that?" And I'm usually like, "My fucking leg is broken, dude." Let's <laughs> <laughs> stop talking about my voice. I <laughs> only want to talk. You, I, would, I, I imagine the doctor would just give you the results and say, "Can I just hear you read these for me?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had my tonsils out when I was like five, and I always wonder if they screwed up a little bit. You think? Uh, it's possible, yeah. But I never really was able to figure that out. I just kind of talk like this. You know, I knew a kid in high school who had like a fucked up voice. Like someone just had like you know taken a Brillo pad to his voice vocal cords just like it sounded like he was always his voice was popping and scratchy just like kind of bobcat but just like a fucking really shitty and then uh, one day he calls me and he's just like hey man i was like who is this he's all it's alex i'm like no it's not alex sounds like an asshole (laughs) Uh, and he's all no this is me and then i went to his house because i didn't believe him and then i get there and he's talking like a normal human being and like I was, would would you do? He's like, I just woke up this morning, and this is my voice now. And we were well into high school. It wasn't a puberty thing. It was just like that was his voice now. You know what happened a week later? Got a girlfriend. There you go. Oh, there you go. Oh, yeah. Wow. And I had dreams that I would like wake up and just be skinny, a skinny, good looking kid. <laughs> Sometimes when I meet people, they're looking at me in a certain way, and I'm always like, just can you just get the Al Pacino thing over with? Let's move on to Tom Waits. All right, now yeah, let's start talking. Exactly. That's a good way to gauge somebody, like right. what their interests are and you know, and what they're really into. Is. With like, well, what do you think my voice sounds right. like? There are people never like, you sound like that guy from Unwound. I'm like, all right, go ahead, <laughs> all right, let's get some beers. <laughs> um, all right, we're gonna start with the song of a band uh, that I. I just started listening to this this week. It's a new album by a band called Pause, P-A-W-S, Pause. Um, And uh, the song is called Jellyfish. It's off the album Coke Float with an exclamation point. So uh, enjoy that. 
sounds like a neutral milk hotel. Up and over we go. <laughs> Doesn't it? So that was, uh, yeah, that was Paws, P-A-W-S, uh, their song Jellyfish on the album Coke Float. I was kind of feline that. <laughs> oh, fucking hey, you're the best. Hold on. If you're at home, clap. Wait. Hold on, hold on, you hold know? on. No, no, he's going to come up. Oh, <laughs> that is great. Anyone else cat puns? Anyone? Oh. Uh, yeah. All right, I wasn't ready for puns. Okay, next one. Oh, it's okay. Um, that. No wonder if that band licks their own butthole. <laughs> <laughs> just, just really stretching. Uh, that album art is perfect. Fuck, I am sorry. The guy that came in to like finish that. That album's perfect. I am I so sorry. I'm so you sorry. Get halfway through it, and you're like, why am I even doing this immediate yeah. line? Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's good. That that band it sounds a lot like what's going on in music right now with, with bands like Waves, Fiddler. Uh, that fuzzy, let's put a, a lot of uh, reverb on our vocals, right. uh, West Coast, mm-hmm. uh, like just, it's kind of just punk. It's just kind of buzzcocksy, yeah. you know, right. melodic punk It's stuff. a little softer than buzzcocksy. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like yeah. with, the, you know, buzzcocks, I think were just, uh, 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 like it was just the voice and the production value that made them seem a lot harder than they right. were. It's you true. really break those songs down. They're just pop songs. Yeah. yeah. Lots of bands like that. A lot of young bands will put like a lot of effects and distortion or reverb on vocals because they don't really want to take ownership of thoughts yet. They just like they know the music they like. Yeah. And they're like, ah, if I gotta spell it out, I don't know if I know. You what know I'm the BC Boys did that for a lot of their oh, career. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah they yeah. sure did. <laughs> and if you, back, if you go back and listen to a lot of those bands from England at the time, the uh, undertones, the angelic upstarts. Mm-hmm. If you actually listen to their album tracks, they're pop songs. They sound really soft and friendly or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's good stuff. Uh, so let's get into some music news. Um, Give me- this is a hit for now. So I can figure something else out. Um, so let's get into the music news. All right, as you guys know or don't, the Rolling Stones put out a new single. Or is it a whole album? You know who else fucking put out an album? Kiss. Anyway, Rolling Stones announced plans for a 50th anniversary tour. All shows will begin at 4.30 p.m. and come with a choice of salad or baked potato. <laughs> oh! Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, also, um, that is just fucking crazy. That's crazy that they still... Do you think they wrote that song or that any of that album? Which song? Doom and Gloom? The new Doom one? Doom and Gloom, yeah. I think they did, actually. It kind of sounds like classic Stone songs just without a really good guitar hook. Can, can they... Can they, this far into a career, you think, be that aware enough to still sound like themselves? I don't know I, I just, I think there. about, like, you know, I always think about everyone's like, wow, the new, the, remember the Go-Go's put out that album a while back? Everyone's mm-hmm. like, well, oh, it sounds like a Go-Go's album. But it was fucking uh, Billy Joe from Green Day writing, you know, all of it. You got to figure at this point, the Stones just kind of look at each other and go, Keith? And he pulls out a riff that's 15 years old, and that's kind of what they base a song on. Do you think that... I feel like they're never in the same room. I don't. I doubt it. Yeah. yeah. Like, I doubt oh it. yeah. You just got to show up at this address, and then you're gonna sing on some song that's almost done. And yeah. 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 And then like he, he, even uh, uh, Mick Jagger has to come in on a separate day for all the ooh. Yeah. <laughs> he just has to come in later for it because uh, yeah. you know. Uh, I I sometimes think they've been around for so long, and they you know they really haven't put out anything good for a very long time. I think since uh, before their first album. How do you define very long time? Forty years. <laughs> How long have they been a band? No. Um, 
I, I, here's, I have always been more of a Beatles fan, but uh, I'm not sure if it's one of those things where you know you let a sequel to a movie affect how you think about, you feel about <laughs> yeah. the first yeah. one. Right. You know, like uh, you think about, oh, I love Ghostbusters. Fuck Ghostbusters too. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's hard to not let it affect you. And I always wonder, maybe I've always liked the Beatles more uh, because they're better, or maybe because they didn't have entire lifetimes to really fuck up their legacy from early on. Where yeah. they were truly creative, do you th- how bad do you think the Beatles would be if they were still around? Uh, that, that, because they did break up before they started dying. Better to burn out than fade away, right? Yeah. So or not to I fade like at their, all. Their natural right. progression was to break up when their creative energies kind of split. Yeah, and I heard something recently that was like it was all Paul like. It was like we gotta cut this off. That's what, I, yeah, yeah. Some interview recently. Yeah, it definitely wasn't all Ringo who said we have to cut this. <laughs> yeah. He had no other plans. Yeah, I, I don't believe it was Yoko. I believe Yoko had nothing to do with right. any of that. Uh, yeah. By the way, did you guys hear that new Yoko Ono Sonic Youth uh, collaboration album? No. I intentionally full, did not hear it. Full of hooks, so many hooks, a lot of snapping. Oh, yeah, oh it's the best. Tappers. Yeah, it's not irritating whatsoever. I hear the horn section really just we, brings those riffs in. Yeah, yeah. I saw. Yoko Ono and Sonic Youth at the same night at Arthur No, no, Fest. no. They were they were back to back. Oh, back to back. It was successive nights, but it was yeah. the same festival. What you couldn't tell with what was coming from where if it was feedback <laughs> or Yoko's voice. You can't ever really yeah. tell the they difference. They played the same festival in L.A. like five years ago. Yeah. In, uh, I went to yeah. All Tomorrow's parties a long time ago. The one that Sonic Youth curated at UCLA, and I, uh, me and my friend Donald. Got we were in the same room as Thurston Moore, so we went up to him. We're like, "Hey, you've never come to Hawaii. We're huge fans of yours. We can't get into your show tonight." He's like, "Oh, well, just give me your names. I'll put it on the list." Like that's too casual. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, just uh, Thurston. Thurston Moore pulled off my hat in an attempt to pull me onto stage to what I can only assume because of what he did to the next guy after me, who he could get a hold of. He beat the shit out of him with his guitar on oh. stage. Do you think he ha- he feels he has super strength to see the fucking six foot four guy and then just lift him up by his head? Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. Well, the, the the guy that did get picked up had a look like it was God pulling him up. Like he picked the right guy who, yeah. was, who would rather blow him than hurt him. So he just took the the the. the was that you? Oh, that was no, the other. No, no, no. Um, it's it's risky business being up front of the show. Neil Mahoney, right over here. He, you got uh, bonked in the head by uh, David Yao. David Yao from yeah. Jesus Listen. Oh, my birthday. God. Yeah. Yeah. I was. Uh, I'm sure. It was I, justified. I went to a. a <laughs> no, I went to a Jesus Lizard, and, and there was like probably three other bands in Boston on my birthday, and uh, it was my birthday, so I was like. Thanks, guys, for coming out with me. And I just broke off, and I was like, I'm fighting my way to the front. It's going to be awesome. And then David Yao, uh, and I got to actually tell him the story this year. Oh, weird. <laughs> and he was like, uh, you know, halfway through their set, he just goes, hey, you guys want to hear something funny? And everyone's like, yeah, because he's known for telling these kind of, like, bad musician jokes, like, you know, you know, old, like, Dave Grohl jokes about, like, how do you know a uh, drummer's at your door? And it's like. <laughs> that's how they knock but uh he uh he goes you guys want to hear something funny everyone says yes and then he just like kind of drops the mic so there's like a foot of cord in his hand and just wheels around and smacks me on the top of the head with the microphone Jeez. Full force. how is how is good this, one how is it's, the sound of your skull what is that a, uh... it was loud and i i was like oh my fucking god that hurts so bad i but I'm, I immediately projected, like, what does everyone else in this crowd think right now? I was like, 
that is pretty funny. <laughs> that is funny. true. So it's I started laughing, and then the next day I felt my head, and there was just like all this like hair that was like like scabbed into the blood that had congealed. Oh. So like I had to like, pick, yeah. pick my hair out of the scab. And, uh, Ouch. Like, <laughs> all right. Uh, in in uh, in Beyonce news, Beyonce will perform. <laughs> At this year's Super Bowl halftime show. Yay. Yeah, please. Thank God. As if football fans really care about watching multimillionaires in fancy outfits ex- execute intricately choreographed moves. <laughs> By the way, what are sports? Uh, you know, I, I tried really hard. My letter writing campaign did not work. Uh, but uh, hopefully this year we'll get the weaker thens into the Orange Bowl. I, think, I, I like your odds. Yeah. Um, you know, like Canadian football will probably pick them up first, right? I'd imagine so. It could be in the Grey Cup. Do you know what that is? No. That's the that's, Canadian Super Bowl. Isn't right. I, I, didn't, I didn't know the answer, but yeah. it's a Grey Cup. Yeah. You know, Canadians hate their ice. They hate their ice cubes. I couldn't get a water with ice cubes when I was in Canada, and it really upset me. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Uh, this week, Rage Against the Machine guitarist Tom Morello called Republican vice presidential candidate Paul Ryan a jackass. So I guess the secret's out. Tom Morello leans to the left. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and ju- this just in. People seem to like The Wire. And uh, breaking news, Carl- Carlos Mencia deemed not funny. And hold up, I'm looking at the live feed from Associated Press. Puppy's now considered adorable. Oh. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm not sure why everybody thinks Tom Morello can save America. Dude couldn't even get Kareem Abdul-Jabbar out of prison. <laughs> like, Come on, they tried for years and they couldn't it's, do it. It's Mumia Abdul-Jamal. Like I said, <laughs> I couldn't do it. I got still in jail. Yeah, my favorite fa- uh, classic punk rock joke. Hey, you get any free mumia? <laughs> Did you uh, see that picture of Paul Ryan where he's like working out? And, yeah, he's, oh, yeah, it's him just looking like a complete he's rapist. Like all P ninety X. Yeah, because his like his like. I don't know whatever it is like a hook for younger view, younger voters or whatever. It is. He's like he loves Nirvana and Rage Against the Machine and like all these bands are like no fuck yeah. you. You know I think he's the one that likes all their pretty songs and he likes <laughs> yeah. to shoot his gun. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. the guy. But he does not know what it means. <laughs> no, he knows not what it means. Um, I you know speaking of uh, Paul Ryan the, tonight uh, this is going to be coming up you know a week later but uh, tonight was the uh, second presidential debates and um whichever way you lean uh this is a this is a song i found uh online by roger eidenberg and uh it's called baseball's no longer our national game oh i can't wait and the the cover of it it's just a single of course you know i can't wait for the album to drop uh where it's different sports that or different things that are no longer our national thing um, but it's just, it's a baseball field and then in circles is just, you know, Romney in one picture in the circle and, you know, Obama in the other. And here's the, uh, song. It sounds, it sounds exactly how you think it would. And also Wait for like it. really quick, really quick <laughs> that I'm sure is just a sample that every country music asshole has used for the past 30 years. Just that. You can just buy that, I think, for 50 cents. <laughs> oh, you, you, you can you download that from waylandjennings.com. Yeah, exactly. Just, <laughs> just, juicy loops. Yeah. <laughs> this is, there's so many songs online that just guys just Baseball's make it. no longer a national game. Can't wait to go to the karaoke bar with this one. What game's more popular? What's get started the name? With the karaoke bar. Yeah. So they're saying politics is more popular than baseball. Politics round the clock, what a shame. 
national discourse. Yeah. Yeah. Baseball's no longer a national game. His <laughs> <laughs> politics is a national game today. So he just reiterated what he said in the fucking hook there. Well, you're supposed to restate your thesis. Yes, they, yeah. it is indeed, and then what happens? Politics is played on the field of screens. Okay, okay. hold on. <laughs> yeah. Baseball okay. is played on the field of dreams. I'm following? No, one game was played on the field of dreams. <laughs> A guy, his dad, and the fucking disgraced White Sox or whatever. Uh, and politics is played on the field of screens. Field of screens. In, like, South Korea or whatever it is. I, mean, I feel like here we pretty much are fairly civil in our discourse. Field of screams sounds like it's, like, you know, Children of the Corn came out and there was, like, a Roger Corman style guy's like, yeah, that. And then he makes a movie <laughs> called Field of Screams. Or <laughs> just, like, he who walks behind this, uh, this area. Malachi. He who, ah! he who steals Marlachi. I shall steal your soul. Yeah, 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 yeah. You've seen the children of the corn. Now indulge your senses in something like that. <laughs> uh but yeah, that's uh that's your that's your music news for uh this uh this week. So yeah, there's that, that. one yeah. That's on you know that guy Ray Stevens who made uh the streak and yeah. like a bunch of novelty yeah, yeah, yeah. songs in like the seventies. He when nine eleven happened, he made this song called uh, "Osama Yo Mama." Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> uh, you know what? When I was working at the records of Benway Records in Venice Beach, a guy came in looking. Do you have the "Osama Yo Mama" single? <laughs> oh no! Yeah, like what are you doing in Venice Beach? <laughs> was there a seven inch of it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was part of the Sub Pop Singles right. Club. It was a split seven right. with. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> the Melvins and big business yeah. has to be white vinyl though, dude. I don't want one of the later presents. <laughs> um, it's uh, it's there's I've noticed because of having this uh, program I do. I there's like a lot of guys that just put out songs. Like people put out just like their covers of songs. You could sell that now somehow. And oh, you just like put out iTunes. Yeah, whatever. it's insane. You can just you don't even have to put out an album anymore. Um, but it's really it's. I know it's an understatement and an old thing to say that the internet is like you know it's, you're able to find. Everything. Yeah, everything's the at the uh, yeah. click of a mouse now. I've heard this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> everything right there at your fingertips. The whole yeah. thing. Um, but nothing. It's it's hard to it's hard to <laughs> it's hard to like comb through everything. But once in a while, something will come up. And when we were working on Web Soup, uh, we found a song by these guys from Oklahoma, and like the singer looks like uh, a guy um, who was like really into ZZ Top. But also into uh, you know macaroni and cheese. He's just this big guy, <laughs> huge beard, um, and uh, it, they made a song called "Zombie Bitches Kicking People's oh, Ass." Oh, I love this. Song. And it's <laughs> fucking. So the song is called "Zombie Bitches Kicking People's Ass," uh, and uh, here we go. It's by Doctor Smith. Is he a medical doctor? PhD. He went, he, went to, he went to school with Dr. Hook. <laughs> <laughs> Professor Longhair. Experiment? Make it happen. <laughs> 
those of you who cannot see the video at home, this gentleman looks exactly like my ex landlord in Venice. These guys are all about 50. They won't have time to be embarrassed. Well, right. They see seeing people like this who are earnestly saying All right. That's a five-minute song. We'll, <laughs> we'll end there. Did we just we hear all five minutes? Seriously, really mercy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uncle, do we my, hear fifteen minutes out of that five minutes? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. My favorite song from Web Soup was Merp. Uh, you remember Merp? Oh, Merp. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they were a hardcore band that was. They were just was, little people screaming. They were just they, little girls. They were, screaming. they were. It was a little girl and her brother on the drums, and it was. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Like the, the, the they, littlest hardcore band since Web Soup ended. They have continued. They, I think they put. They out were German, album. right? No, 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 not at all. Uh, are you sure? No, I were... just about some fetish video I was checking out. <laughs> there, there was that punk, like Hitler youth band. The yeah, ones who were no, covering that was, uh, uh, that was uh, Prussian Rammstein. Blue, Prussian Blue, Prussian yeah. Blue. They and they've the... and they've since like renounced it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think anything they could do from their entire lives will ever make up for the fact that <laughs> yeah, you know, little, they were like seven. That. Little Diddy Bob, get off my <laughs> land. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, but like little kids playing music is like, I fucking, I love it because it's so, you know, fucking bad. It's so bad. It's more punk than anything you can find with the guys that have been playing for 30 years. Yeah. Um, I, uh, it literally is about just making noise with some of those bands are just like, I, I want to make noise and yeah. it's going to be loud. Well, it's sort of a grown up version of that thing you do when you're a little kid where you smash on a little drum kit or whatever. You're just doing that and making a song out of it yeah, yeah. i you know it's weird too because i never got i don't think there was ever really a time where i was listening to a lot of kid like i didn't my parents didn't play kitty music for me growing up all the like the kitty music stuff that you can get now yeah, yeah. i didn't know like I, my parents I, my parents listened to you know the beatles and seals and croft or seal and croft seals seals, seals, seals and croft. There was two of them crofts too i found out recently <laughs> crofts there's really only one of them i just want to be clear about that uh, diamond which one's the diamond girl <laughs> um someone asked like what was the Oh, Emily was asking, like, what's the first song you heard with a curse word in it? Oh. And I was like, oh, that's such a great question. And I couldn't remember. It was either, I mean, depending on your definition of a curse word, uh, my dad was big into the Jay Giles band. Mm -hmm. And uh, on the Centerfold album, which I think was actually called Freeze Frame, uh, there was a song called Piss on the Wall. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, I was like, and my dad loved it. That's not piss if it's a Centerfold. Am I right, guys? Am I right? Am I right, Am I right guys? Am I right? I don't understand. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we used to sing it on the swing set when I was in like, you know, grade school. It was either that or I kind of remember this "Asleep at the Wheel" song. Oh yeah, that was a band. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. My dad used to wander in into my bedroom on the weekends singing "Ain't Nobody Here But Us Chickens." Yeah, they, yep, that was them. <laughs> yeah. And they had, so did uh, mine. Just kidding. They, <laughs> they had a song that was called "Last Meal," and it was this. Uh, it was like a great structure for a song. It was like the warden comes in to ask this guy who's about to be executed, like, what do you want for your last meal? And the entire song is him demanding these outrageous, impossible to find ingredients nice. for him, like dinosaur eggs and <laughs> all oh, this shit. Funny. But I think there was a curse word somewhere in there because I wouldn't have loved it as much as I did 
as a seven-year-old <laughs> if there wasn't something like kind of salacious in there. I wonder if kids now, because of uh, how so many things, like, you know, so many kids just watch, you get their music from online, and do you think that, like, you know, like auto-tune stuff, mashup stuff, is that going to become just a style of music that people listen to? It's like, oh, I only listen to auto-tune the news or anything like that. Oh, I don't think anyone's only going to listen to that. No, but there's going to be like you know a scene of kids. Like uh, I, I talked to a kid at a Nerdist show who was just like, I only listen to chip tune, and I was like, Oh, your brain's going to melt real soon. Then. <laughs> or it's going to stay super frosty because that's very little input into your brain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think I think it's a uh, your your. Uh, I think the internet has actually been better for opening up people's musical genres. Like I, it used to be that like. Maybe it's just because I'm getting older and I, I, I'm, I'm hanging out with more older people, but it used to be that I would run into people who were strictly sort of genre-defined. And now it seems like... Sorry, you're just taking quite a while to get this point out. No. Cash, come just, on, where's this going? No, if, you could just, <laughs> if we could stay on topic, Mr. President, I'd really appreciate it. Please um, submit your Cash's run-on sentence themes <laughs> to Jonah... What, Jonah Radio at Jonah Gmail? Radio at gmail.com. Uh, I do think if there's like an entire genre of kids who are just listening to mashup music, and the thing is, fuck them. A little I, bit. And I don't mind yeah. it all so much because it's it's one of those things where I don't like it for the most part, but a good one is a good one. Yeah, sure. Yeah, but I think it's just the opposite. I think that, I mean, this kid you met was probably an anomaly, but I think because music costs the same for. Most people under 20, which is zero, no yeah. one pays for music. It's all equally valuable. It's all equally accessible. So, like, younger people are going like, oh, yeah, Beatles stuff and Odd Future and, you know, High on Fire. It's like, it's all music. No one knows it the It all charts. costs the same. It's not being delivered to me through MTV between 4 and 6 or 7 and 8. Because if it's between 4 and 6, fuck that. That's like the after-school kitty shit. But, oh, yeah. 7 and 8 is the whatever hour. And uh, like, yeah. I, that's what I'm defining. As, like, music is just more like fucking, like, so much. And it's, it's also just... much easier now to jump down wormholes. Like, when yeah. we were kids, I remember hearing... We were talking about the replacements for. I remember hearing the song Alex Chilton and being yeah. like, "Who is this person?" You had to go to a record store, yeah, buy the record, good. and be like, "What did he listen to? What's Panther Burns?" And you had to go find <laughs> it. And now you can just jump from one to the next to the other, and yeah. before you know it, you're back at Carl Perkins or whatever. Right? Yeah, you know, no, it's, it's much easier to do that. The, you know, there's a, there's a thing I like about um, music, where it says the you know the genealogy of uh, you know listen to a band who they were inspired by mm -hmm. and so forth, and that's actually the thing I really like about comedy too is just but the comedy i think the the, the lines are a bit stronger right and yeah. it's, a, it's i think it's a reason people really like baseball is because the history of how like they can just track track these fucking teams all the way back to the right. 1800s right. uh where you know comedy is like that too where it's uh you know well this guy he's like the fucking guy but you know he used to open up for this guy what that's right. crazy yeah and that guy used to open up for fucking this guy you know right. and you get to see it's like a, it's a direct physical line yeah. to the right yeah. back yeah. and then you hear about those gems of like there was a show in chicago and these five people were all in the same show and yeah it's like whoa all yeah. those people went on to do you hear that about like at lenny things. bruce shows it was uh you know joan rivers woody allen and yeah. uh richard pryor and they're all these you know and george carlin they're all hanging out you know yeah. yeah it's also it's similar to that same thing too that everybody says that the first time the sex pistols toured 
25 bands formed. I think the Smiths yeah. actually yeah. one of the bands you saw. Yeah, uh, they were all sitting there on those legendary yeah. nights, and they were like, "Oh, we can do this." Well, even we Craig, can... Craig Ferguson brings that up, where it's just like, uh, you know, like in his book, we're talking about like, you know, the Sex Pistols came through, and then we all started bands. Right? Yeah, you know, because we were like ugly thing. drunk kids, and we're yeah. like, "Well, fucking, we'll just play music." And then. it was that whole thing you heard too about the Velvet Underground, where people were like, "Oh shit, I can do that." Right? Yeah, yeah the Velvet Underground you know was like they only reached five thousand people, but all five thousand of those people started, started bands. Started bands. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and made more money. Um, but it's weird because you know I remember there was an argument between my friends a long time ago uh, uh, where a guy was saying it's you know like a lot of hip hop and like the sampled you know beats and rhythms and taking parts of songs like this is when DJ Shadows just started coming up and um, where the guys uh, from J5 uh, Jurassic Park (laughs) yes the Jurassic (laughs) Park 5 uh, but you know, it was just, uh, it was really in that time where it was just like, you know, like, you know, you just, you'd hear the, the, the skip of the, the record that they were sampling and yeah. it was, and, and, uh, the guy was saying, that's not real music. And another guy was saying it is, mm-hmm. and he's like, well, they're just taking other stuff. He's like, yeah, but they're making it into something else. Yeah. And that's kind of what, you know, the, uh, auto tune, the new stuff is. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've been like one of the catchiest songs in the past fucking month for me has been this auto tuned uh, version of this guy that reviews reviews fast food. He's reviewing a five a five guys burger, and oh yeah, it's like he's going ballistic. In yeah, the back he's of a going. Car he or fucking whatever. loves this right. fucking. It was burger. a viral like, video first, and then they yeah, and then yeah. they took it. And um, this just tell me that this isn't a fucking good song. <laughs> it's this guy that, and it's here's the thing: like good music should be, it's fucking passionate. And he believes what he's talking right. about. <laughs> Have you had one of their burgers? <laughs> Fucking <laughs> things are good. Yeah, exactly. So this is the. Uh... Oh my goodness! Oh my damn! Oh my goodness! They're going ham! Oh my goodness! Oh my damn! Oh my goodness! They're going ham! This is how bacon is supposed to be. The fries they blend so perfectly. The cheese up in here is going ham! Ham! Damn! 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 Amazing breath control for a man who's obviously very fast. Do you want a difference? So that's fucking great. Yeah. That's yeah. great. Have you heard uh, Hot Cheetos and Tackies? No. Oh, yeah. Oh, you, you got to look that up. It's, uh, it's, I don't remember the name of the collective, but it's... Bing it. Or, or either way. Um, <laughs> it, it's an uh, after-school program that they uh, teach. I think it's inner city kids in Detroit. They teach them how to make music. And uh, this is a result of a crew getting together. Apparently, there's two crews. And they've each put out a couple of albums. Already. Holy shit! Three point three million. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Here's a fucking. That when I see a video that's just astronomically got insane, it feels like when I was like, "Oh, God, my voices are pretty good. I'll get one of their albums. Seven albums. Yeah. Like, like, uh, everybody likes this. Guided by voices. Seven thousand yeah. downloads. I go by the name of Dane Jones. I'm with my crew. So this is his own song. And we gon' show y'all what we be snacking on. It, it's, you it's dig? A crew. Okay, hot Cheetos and Takis. Hot Cheetos and Takis. I can't get enough of these hot Cheetos and Takis. Got my fingers staying red and I oh, can't so like it a You can catch me in my coat. Eating hot Cheetos and Takis. Pop! Snacks! 
kids are on the lean. It's funny because the way he sounds, hot Cheetos and Zaki, because that's all he eats, and he's yeah. getting no nourishment, so he's really future diabetes. Yeah, yeah. Future diabetes. Twelve-year-old insulin. Um, you know, it's a, it's like th- there's kids becoming fucking rap superstars. This kid probably has a fucking what many deals now. Uh, uh like I said, I know they've released a couple of albums, <laughs> and but but what I love about it is it's a well-produced song. But it's about literally like getting your allowance and going to the store and buying Cheetos. That's all it is. <laughs> and you realize that it's the music that, that's selling. Oh, it. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I mean, not... have you guys heard the new Krispy Kreme? <laughs> no. <laughs> Do you guys I've, know Krispy Kreme? I've successfully avoided Kreme. seeing any of that kid. Um, the fucking new one's about Halloween and it's great. Okay. Let's fuck, the, the beat is fucking fantastic. But this is like another one of those kids just putting... Didn't put out an album. Didn't go on tour. Didn't put out a mixtape. Just fucking uploaded it to YouTube. Bedroom Beethoven. A bedroom Beethoven. <laughs> uh, John Daly. This is going to be up there with like Nightmare in My Street. And I wonder if like Crispy Kreme. And money maker Mac, of course. Ghosts, goblins, and monsters galore. I don't even want to trick or treat no more. Some of the scariest things I've ever seen. You know what I mean? It's Halloween. Ghosts, goblins, and monsters galore. I don't even want to trick or treat no more. Some of the scariest things I've ever seen. You know what I mean? It's Halloween. So, yeah, that's a fucking great beat. Like, you can imagine an entire room of 12-year-olds, like, just jumping up and down. Ghost, goblins. Oh, I've been on tour with Odd Future. I don't know. Oh, yeah, you've seen that. Yeah. The white, they're so white, too, the yeah, kids. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a fucking great hear this great dude's song. Passover joint. <laughs> uh, um, let's, uh, let's listen to a full song, and then uh, we'll get back into the... Uh, the old uh, talking. We're going to talk to Greg Keller, who has spent some time in ba- your comedy writer now. And That's producer. correct. Uh, before that, you were in bands, and uh, around the same time, you were a music journalist. All of this is true, John. Yeah, Ray. and we'll get into why uh, I think music journalism can eat a fucking dick. So let's listen to this song by Sparklefuck called Murder Castle. They're from Madison, Wisconsin.
sorry. No, no, this was supposed to be uh, bed, bed music. That is, I'm realizing now, a bit crazy. To, uh, a little too hectic, I think, for bed music. Yeah, that's okay. Um, as long as it's instrumental. That's true. It is. Uh, it's uh, from Olivia Neutron Bomb. I don't get it. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Olivia Neutron Bomb, this is them. Um, so, let's talk to you, Greg Keller. Yeah, let's. Um, <laughs> see, this is fucking sloppy. <laughs> I don't fucking care. Okay. I don't care. It's your um, show, Jonah Ray, Dio. He can't make it. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so, Greg, you uh, you wanted to be a rock star. No, I didn't. And this was, this was an important distinction for me when I was a kid. I wanted to be a person who played music for a living. I did not want to be a rock star. And this came back to bite me in the ass many times. Do you think that if, what, did you have opportunities to sell out? I don't, no, it, it wasn't even that. Like, looking back on it now, like, I just had opportunities to be more successful, and I thought they were lame. Lame. Yeah. Like, I was offered a lot of things to tour with this person and to have this person be a manager, and I was so convinced I was so good that I didn't need anyone's help. And wow. I was wrong. Wow. I was super wrong. It turns out, when you go back and look at it, most people who were successful wanted to be successful. Yeah. You read the Kurt Cobain Diaries? That dude wanted to be successful. Oh, yeah. He had tons of letters saying, you know, I'll suck anyone's dick. You know, just let right. me. Uh, we'll fucking kiss the babies. We'll shake the right hands. Let's, right. Just, let's just make a bunch of money doing what we want to do. Yeah. I, uh, I remember I did a Green Day documentary for VH1 and we interviewed Elvis Costello about it. And there was the topic of Green Day selling out came up. And he was like, what's more punk rock? Making no money on your own terms or taking a major label's money? And making money on their terms or on your terms, but taking their money. And yeah. he's kind of right. Like, well, yeah. And Green Day never they didn't really change at all mm-hmm. They're You know, I mean, yeah. I, I do like, uh, you know, 1039 Smooth Ass Lab Hours. I think that's like, you know, some of their best stuff. But it's just there's no difference from that stuff than into Kerplunk and then to Dookie and so on and so well, forth. Well, Rob Cavallo put his spit shine on everything. That but, uh, a sound is different from the, the material. Of it, it's true. Yeah. But, yeah I, I will say this, too, for the for the record. I think in 20 years, people will look back and say, Warning is Green Day's masterpiece. Yeah, I was just going to fucking say that. Warning is probably their best album. It is their best. It is their Elvis Costello armed forces. Well, it's they, the they record- did rip off a Kinks riff, though. A bunch of them. But it's the, only, <laughs> it's the only record you, A, get to know Billy Joe as a person. Yeah. And also, two, it sounds like three guys in a room playing music. Yeah. No, it's very. It's all down strummy, all like acoustic-y. Right. And, uh, just the, the drum sound on that record is awesome. great. Awesome. Awesome. Um, yeah, it's it's insane. And they just kind of did what they wanted to do, which is a bunch of speed. And they've kind of disavowed the record, actually. They don't really play any of it live. Isn't that play- always the case, though, with a band that tries something? Di- I mean, Weezer and Pinkerton, they just they do not like that album. They but had to get forced back into playing it, basically, exactly. by their fans. Yeah. I, I went to those shows uh, at the Universal Amphitheater. They did one night with all uh, – they did the Blue Album, and they did one night with uh, – All Pinkerton. All Pinkerton, yeah. and the fucking Pinkerton night was – Amazing, but you could see because what they did it was their memories tour where they started playing, uh, you know, their latest single, and then they went back and did all the like a single from every album, every hit, mm-hmm. and then uh, and it's just uh, you know it's Rivers uh, River Cuomo, Rivers Cuomo, like just running around having a blast, fucking just loving these songs, and then they get to El Scorcho, El right? Scorcho, and it's just. Whoa. 
and he just looked like he fucking would rather be somewhere else. Japan, probably. <laughs> In a 15-year-old girl's room doing origami naked. <laughs> no sex. That would right. be the, that's, that's the thing I always thought about him. Like, he would just, a girl would be like, come on. He'd be like, what are you talking about? Just like a guy that's just stuck in this. Weird... Please, play violin for me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Lit my stockings. Lit my stockings. I just made him Japanese there for a second. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. Rivers, I know you're American. Yeah. Um, Is he, though? Is he? Is he? Is he, though? Um, So... Yeah, like let's like going back. You were in San Francisco. What years were you playing in bands in there? In San Francisco, from '96 through 2000. Ah, the heyday. The heyday of San Francisco <laughs> sucking. Just yeah. for a reminder it's for everyone okay. out it's there. Mostly. Remember how huge Creeper Lagoon was? Just kidding. <laughs> Counting Crows came out. Uh, they were, they were Counting Crows, Stroke Third Nine Train. They all came out. Third Eye yeah. Blind. They all came out of that scene. But this was come off as horribly snobby. I never once saw them in a club ever. Yeah. Those bands were just like one demo. Contact Tom Petty's producer. Game on. <laughs> <laughs> we just sat hey, in clubs. Fucking, just, if you know Tom Petty's producer, you deserve the right. <laughs> and we just sat in clubs, being like, "Arr." <laughs> um, we were that band that everyone said, "Move to Minneapolis, you'll be huge." Oh, really? Yeah, we were that band because we go out and play other parts of the country, even other parts of the state. Like we go play. Bakersfield and Fresno and Stockton and Sacramento. The big ones. What? <laughs> and we went over great because we were just four people really dead set on kind of ripping off the replacements. But in yeah. San Francisco, you were, were those, the, you were those four people. We the, were the those only four, four people. people that wanted to rip off the replacements. We were, the, we were those four people. And then we play in San Francisco and people would just be like, this is not art. This is entertainment. So what was going on in San Francisco at the time? Um, a lot of kind of Dissonant rock was going on at the time. I'm trying to think of who was there. Yeah, the exactly. Time. Keep thinking. Yeah. Um, the, Mises so. were, the Mises were there at the time. Creeper Lagoon was there at the time. A band called Oranger was there at the time. I, I'm actually thinking that this time, Sacramento was way more fertile of a well, scene. Well, the Central Valley was way more future. Granddaddy was from the Central Valley. Yeah. The future farmer scene was coming you out. You got the, the Yamos, Valley. who eventually became Chick, Chick, Chick. Right. Uh, and uh, Fiverr. The Bananas. And uh, I don't know if you remember Butterglory. Which was uh, yeah, I remember. Bl- yeah, yeah. Butterglory is great. Yeah, all those bands were coming out of the Central Valley, which was that future farmer scene, which was like a hybrid of sort of folk rock and kind of alt electronica with like a yeah. neil young vibe it was good enough that david bowie went to the central valley of california <laughs> did he really he he said he proclaimed in an interview i think with magnet so this gives you a time, right. time i wrote for magnet oh did you okay, sure we'll, did, yeah. we'll get into that in a bit uh but he was convinced that uh you know jason lytle from granddaddy right. was gonna just save rock and roll and that's like probably what made Jason Lytle go insane. Right. It's just this like it's you got David Bowie going, "You're it, kid." And this guy, "But I'm from Modesto. I don't have shit." We played with Granddaddy a couple of times too. Actually, he was a really nice Beulah. guy. They were from that area too. Beulah was from San Francisco. Oh yeah, I yeah. love Beulah. Yeah, they and they were a pretty big deal too. But they the were coast most is of, never clear. Is yeah. a fucking great album. Their last record, Yoko, is also a very good record. They were uh, kind that, of al- that album broke up the Beatles. <laughs> it sure did. They were kind of considered transplants. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I knew Miles and all those guys fairly well, and they were a great rock band. Yeah. But it was just the town was just like a tar pit. There was just no way to get noticed there, and labels were just sort of glossing over it. It was just you were doomed there, doomed. And so at the same time as being in bands, you were also a music journalist? I was, which is a great way to make a million enemies. I bet. I bet. (laughs) Um, I was – not only was I a a national journalist 
There's no non-asshole way to say that. I apologize for that. I was a journalist for magazines. You're a I was, music journalist. And I was a local writer for the San Francisco Chronicle and Bay Area Music, which was BAM, which was the Bay California music. Remember that? <laughs> you guys gave away the BAMies. Yeah, that was if yeah, we did. But I was also the guy who was went out to see local bands and in, invariably said most of them sucked. And then would go and try and write songs yourself. Not only did I try, John, I succeeded many times. No, I know you uh, did, but that's, but, uh, that's but a I weird like, position. That's yeah. like a TV executive going like, uh, you know, I could uh, make or break your career. Hold on. My spot, the open mic is up. It was yeah. as weird as you can imagine. I, I got death threats. I had to change Ooh. my phone number a bunch of times. I had people confront me physically a bunch of times. So you were a really good music journalist. <laughs> yeah, I fucking loved it. Are you kidding me? There was a club downtown that had a, a Greg fucking Heller night. Because I wrote an article one night about a bouncer who wouldn't let me into a club. And I said, I'm Greg fucking Heller. You have to let me into this club. We went down there one night with a bunch you of our friends suck. who were in bands. And they had, they had a banner outside the Hotel Utah, which I think is still there in San Francisco, that said Greg fucking Heller night. And they dared me to show up. And I went down there. And it was great. <laughs> you One of those things suck. where it was like, I feel if like you... we should take take five minutes, shut it down, and kick his ass. <laughs> you guys are welcome to. If you weren't afraid, yeah. here's the thing: like, I would walk up to a band and say, "I don't like your music." What's the difference? You're not saying I don't like you as a person, you know. And the thing is, if you're the songwriter, do you have the balls to say, "I like my music"? Who cares what you think? That's really the difference. Well, it's you know, it's, you know there's a lot of uh, uh, fragile egos, especially in music, yeah. and. When you you're it's like a guy's pouring his heart and soul into something. You go, well, that's shit. And you go, fuck you. Yeah. It takes a sensitive person to like pour all these thoughts and feelings that they have that they can't express in normal life into something else. Yeah. And then when that's rejected, I'm sure it's just a time. And then that was your job to poo poo. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, what was your rating? Was it was it? uh, I give this fucking three. I just had this totally simple stars system it was really boring i give this four ringo stars but uh <laughs> i i will i will i'd like to sidebar for a second i was at the second high on fire show of all time hey which there's was, your cred uh, downtown at south market and i wrote to this day one of the things i'm most proud of which was that it was so it's so it was so loud in the club that night you couldn't hear the guy next to you if he was speaking sign language <laughs> <laughs> still consider that to be That's one of my greatest one. lines That's but here's great. the thing like you're a comic you're a comic you tell you you might not tell them, but you think other comics suck. And you're confident enough in what you do that when someone says you suck, you know you're still good. Oh, God, no. Oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, no. Are you would have quit no. already. Dude, someone, comic. dude someone, <laughs> if someone says I'm good, I just go, what the fuck do you know? You're wrong. You know, <laughs> that's like that's also my issue with women. You know, that's just self-esteem. I don't really, you know, <laughs> I don't like what I do. I, I'm, I don't I don't even want to. We this is the second episode. I'm hoping it's the first. I don't want to put out the other episode. Think about it this way: I was putting out music that people could also say was shit at the same time. I wasn't sitting in a glass house. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I had well, no, no, because then you would be living with uh, MC Hammer That's true. <laughs> and Billy Joel. Um, but it was come on, was... come on, that's fucking. I sorry. I, I sometimes I don't like to harp on every joke I say. Do you want but... a laugh break? Um, I do. <laughs> okay. All Let's right. Wait for, wait for All right. it. He lives in Oakland, though. This is in... Oh, there we go. <laughs> and you know what, guys? Worth it. <laughs> <laughs> worth it. <laughs> totally worth it. Um, a lot of people hated me. <laughs> and I love that part of it. I absolutely I cherished every moment of that, yeah. And... So you you've been in a lot of different types of bands. I have. I've been yeah, in many I was too. Growing up, I was in a you know 
it's like we were playing uh we were trying to play you know uh alternative nirvana stuff and then and then we we tried to start playing punk and then we started trying playing hardcore and then it just evolved into just noise and then it popped back up too and uh, we heard nation of ulysses to trying to play rock and roll <laughs> i was yeah i was in a kind of like an ad lib hardcore band when i was in uh early high school when i was about 13 or 14 madball really, lib sort of that was just four dudes taking acid and trying to make a song out oh of no that's coffee. neurosis that's uh you were <laughs> yeah sort of a neurosis oh, yeah but by that standard i was in a lot of bands <laughs> <laughs> trust me by that standard you were in a lot of bands then i was in a in high school i was in a band later in high school i was in a band called tube steak that was really just kind of disgusting core now let me uh, our my bands were always kind of like inside jokes what was the joke behind tube steak really just one of my buddies wrote a song called tube steak addiction and the i remember the opening lyrics were come here and suck on my tube steak you fat little whore let me see the roughage that my steak will explore my god laugh break wow. and, yeah uh, i was uh, <laughs> I, I was in a band called the year outs and uh the singer raf uh made a song called a uh, sixth grade love affair and it had some pretty fucking horrible lyrics in it yeah uh, we just, had many of those and then we decided let's start yeah. a band so we started a band from that that was tube steak there was yeah. we made shirts that was just as a, if you're just tuning in now we're talking to Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> <laughs> we were at the Stone Pony in '77. They said, "I've seen the future of rock and roll," and it uh, is tube steak. We, uh, so when you when you're when you were uh, being in bands and writing and stuff like that, did you think that maybe you were uh, going to be like? Did you think that if the band thing doesn't work out, you're just going to be the next uh, you know uh, like hot shot m- music? Um, Lester Bangs. Lester Bangs. An article came out when I was like 27. They interviewed all these national music journalists and they said, who is the next Lester Bangs? And it was me. Oh, wow. They named me as the next Lester Bangs. And I remember a buddy of mine, this guy, I Dean, who wrote for the Chronicle at the time, read it and he was like, you're fucked. Yeah. yeah. And he was right. And I remember thinking, I'll never, ever, ever live up to that. And I kind of knew like. If this band thing doesn't work out, I could do something else. And it turns out at some point the band thing, well, you may or may not have noticed, did not work out. <laughs> yeah, my my yeah. question is, has there been another Lester Bang? Because there's like, there's Hunter Thompson, but he was he was never a music writer. I mean, other than, um, what's his name? Sex, Drug, and Coco P- Klosterman. Chuck Klosterman, I think, can come close. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but he's never like been a journalist journalist. He's more of like an essayist kind yeah, of Yeah, that's true. And like he doesn't like... Read a review, and Lester a... Bangs was a little bit more Gonzo than he ever was, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't—I was never even close to that. But then it. you almost were able to—you you might be able to shoehorn your way into being the next Cameron Crowe because as you left music journalism and music itself, you started getting into writing uh, yeah. comedy. Uh, listen, trust me, Johnny. You've just stepped through all of them. I thought for a second there I was <laughs> successful at A, B, and C. Um, and you—you you were. I was. I have a really nice portfolio in a trunk next to my bed. <laughs> I bet. I bet. Yeah. Um, because if there's many jobs that are going to go on the wayside, and I think music journalism is going to be. You think? Why do you think those. that? I uh, I think as Neil was saying before is about how everything is leveled. Everything is leveled. Mm-hmm. You can attain. You can find anything you want. And uh, and it's going to be less and less about some guy's opinion and more about what you hear for yourself. Uh, but but I I also think there's there's a, the other side of that too now is where in the past you would write about something and either tell people to go see the show or buy this album. Now it's literally like this is really cool. Here it is. 
Like it's it's yeah. embedded in the writing. Well, I'm sure there's going to be tastemakers. Yeah, that. That's but sure. the whole idea of breaking down a, a record song by song. I used to read that stuff all the time when I was working at record stores, and just to kill time, I'd be reading Magnet. I'd be reading uh, Filter, uh, the Vice, you know, uh, music reviews. AP, yeah, um, you know, LA Weekly's uh, reviews. And more and more as I did, I just got I got sick because I was just. I was like, I don't know this person. Right. I don't know their taste. Yeah. And they're not about to break down every time. I was like, okay, here's what I lean towards when it comes to stuff. I, uh, it really just does break it down to just, uh, does it catch my ear? Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, there is one, one thing I will say for it. I've always felt this way. There's, that, there's always been that philosophy of, like, 50 million KISS fans can't be wrong. <laughs> and occasionally you'll hear that fucking jackass statement of, like, did we sell out? Damn right. We sell out stadiums every night. We sell out stadiums every night. And there's, <laughs> Sorry, that's my, that's my Dana Gould doing Paul Stanley. Oh, thank you. And there's a really big good. difference between being popular and being good. Yeah. Yeah, I really yeah. believe that. I'm not saying that's entirely up to tastemakers and critics, but there's a big difference between those two things. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah. you know, are you going to be McDonald's or are you going to be, uh, I don't know, the yeah, guy no. down the street well, with the fucking there's, cart? There's, there's the idea of like a lot of stuff is good. Some stuff is better. Like, I love, like, you know, stadium rock and, you know, Cheap Trick and Thin Lizzy and, like, all that stuff that's, like, yeah, like, a lot of people can kind of, like, nod their head to it and not ever give a shit about who made it or whatever, but I go, well, I do know who made it, and I like it that much more because I've kind of, like, gotten into it, but then I go to, like, all those other esoteric areas of, like, oh, and I also like this math rock thing and these noise things or whatever, and I feel like those are, like, I, it's elitist but I, I feel like they're better because they're they try harder and i have to think about them more i don't know yeah it's just my brain now that's a that's a good point let's uh let's listen to a song uh by squarehead helicopter helicopter um helicopters in life uh let's uh, we're gonna take a break listen to a song by squarehead they are from ireland they sent in their song remember if you are in a band and you want your song played on jonah radio first make sure you're good Second, <laughs> second, uh, please uh, send it to uh, digitally to uh, JonahRadio at gmail.com or send it to Meltdown Comics, care of Jonah Radio, uh, if you want to send a physical thing. I, I said, I originally stated to everybody, I was like, send me your vinyl, send me your CDs, I don't want your digital shit. I'm realizing that uh, physical <laughs> space is a thing in my life now, and I need to attain more of it than I'm having. And uh, the stacks of stuff is good, but it's beautiful. A lot of people have been sending me some great stuff. Uh, and shirts and stuff like that. Jonah, so, Jonah, do you actually have a record player? I do. It's I'm just a, kidding. It's, yeah. <laughs> I'm just <fucking> with you. <laughs> hey, man, what the fuck? Dude, what are you trying to do? I'm trying to fucking... Oh, boy. Cut Jonah that call... out. Remember to cut that out, Jonah Cash. called me earlier this week and was like, I got a tiny record. I think it's seven inches wide. I don't know what to do with it. Yeah, oh, you fucking <laughs> piece of <laughs> shit. Somewhere between six and eight inches. Yeah. yeah Does all right. have a small record player? <laughs> I think I have a large. Yeah. Remember, remember, remember how microphones work. Remember when you were in a band? Remember how microphones work? If you want to talk, get up on it. All right, sorry. All right. So anyway, this is a, <laughs> this is a song by Squarehead. Uh, it's, a, it's a seven inch they put out uh, with a song, Midnight Enchilada. They're from Ireland, and they have a song <laughs> called Midnight Enchilada. Probably not a good idea over there, either. So I need her some other rock and roll, just like the music might heal my soul. Cause I'm the singer trying every day, and all I ever do is wait for you, and have to But you can't understand a word I say And it's only 
All right, that was Squarehead with the song Midnight Enchilada. Hey, okay, Greg, so you brought uh, some songs. I brought I'm gonna, a I'm ton gonna, of songs. I want you to play. I know you like expected to you know show off. Uh, Greg yeah. and I, uh, along with Cash and a few other of our friends, went to a uh, we had a bachelor party weekend up in Ojai, and uh, turned into a music off <laughs> for you. <laughs> and uh, it, was, it, was, it was actually a music off for me because my music was turned off. <laughs> uh, Sometimes I commandeer the jukebox. <laughs> I can't stop myself. It was uh, it was really funny after a while, uh, but not at first. And it was really just uh, <laughs> let's just put on some background music, and then it would just be like, just a guy with eighty beers in his belly going no. But you have to Sam Cook now. What you got to understand is. Uh, <laughs> I have phases of drunk, and they're like they go like six beers, Husker Du, twelve beers, Springsteen. Then I'll start getting into old Sam Cooke. Oh, can someone please make that chart for uh, <laughs> uh, the Greg Heller music beer chart? Twenty fear, four beers. In, it's just like twenty fear. I've had four tonight. No, that's when you start listening to fear. Right. Yeah. Twenty fear beer. So this this is which band is this? This is Amateur Night. So this is Amateur. And this was the main band. This was this like was the, the main band. This okay. is us live in San Francisco in two thousand. Okay, let's uh. That's it. Okay, for this is right. some banter. We took a bunch of your time anyway. This is our last song. It's about chickens. Listen to the drums, folks.
There it is. That was great. Yeah, thanks, man. And you uh, you couldn't reach those later notes, yeah, huh? I really had that thing <laughs> going I where I was like, too, Bali. Getting over me. Yeah. But the thing is, that's passion. That, uh, it's, that really, passion. it's really weird to go back and listen to that. that song. It was all about how miserable I was in San Francisco. Uh, <laughs> you say people hated you, right? Uh, I hated it there, man. I, I mean, I had some good times there, but I couldn't wait to get the hell out of that town. Oh, I mean, if you want to have no job, it's a great place to hang out. That's true. But you know what? You, you know what's passion in music? Oh my goodness, oh my damn, oh my goodness, they're going ham. This is the way bacon is supposed to be. The fries, they blend so perfectly. Um, <laughs> You're such a fat kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your favorite song in the last five years? <laughs> oh, fucking hey, yeah. You know, actually, you know what my favorite song before that, too, is fucking I'm at the Pizza Hut, I'm at the Taco Bell. <laughs> I'm a fa- it's like, this is the worst season for me as being a fat kid because it's just that when all the pumpkin flavor shit's coming out, oh, Dean no. and I are making yeah. a good point to just like try and be healthy, but we're walking down the aisle of the store today. Fucking pumpkin pop tarts go fuck you in the ass. Come on, I picked it up without even thinking. <laughs> My other hand was reaching for Dryer's pumpkin ice cream. <laughs> it's I fucking it's all I want. I took last night. I yeah. took Neil to go to the oinkster to go get a uh, fucking pumpkin already, pie. Already shirt. we've lost when we're going to the oinkster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is a restaurant. That is not like a slaughterhouse. Yeah. So <laughs> you never heard that Ween Pizza Hut commercial? I did not. Did you ever hear it, John? I don't think so. No. So they got commissioned to write a Pizza Hut song like I don't know, 10 years ago when the cheese, the cheese was initially, when the cheese was initially hidden in the crust. Okay. And they wrote a song called Where'd the Cheese Go? And Pizza Hut rejected it. So they released a second version, which was Where Did the Motherfucking Cheese Go? <laughs> oh, I think I've heard that. I have it if you would ever like to hear it. But uh, <laughs> I'm sure it's available on the interwebs. I have it on that iPod over there, that tiny brown one, I probably. Just, I just disconnected it. That's <laughs> it. Oh. But I believe that if a uh, Where'd the Where mother- did the Motherfucking Cheese Go? Cheese Go. Or we can also just listen to the 27-minute version of Poop Ship Destroyer. <laughs> yeah. I fucking... My friend Scott... Von Where did cheese go? I don't know. Where did cheese go? I don't know. I don't know. Where did cheese go? I don't know. Where did cheese go? I don't know. You know, that's the thing about uh, Ween is that they love brevity. <laughs> Do you have the other version there, Jonah? The response? No. Oh, man, that's the one you got to hear. Yeah. Uh, but it raises a good question, that song. Where'd the cheese go? Where did the cheese go? <laughs> Into the crust. It's very obvious and very tasty. Obviously tasty. Um, that prompt that book, Who Moved My Cheese? <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see how this fucking bed music plays. See if it'll be better than the last one. I'm beginning to think I don't know what bed music is. I'm beginning, I think, to search parameters. Well, I think your problem is you're calling it bed music instead of a music bed. No, this yeah. is music because I want to take you guys to bed. <laughs> uh, no, I got gotcha. you. Mid-show cuddle. Um, uh, this is actually a time where uh, our good friend Henry Owings from Chunklet Magazine just recently released the Indie Cred Test. Now this is every, it's in paperback. Sorry, it's a paperback version of the Indie Cred Test, which is everything you need to know about knowing everything you need to know. Now this is a fucking insanely detailed book, and if uh, essentially if you uh, if you get these things right, 
then you are uh, you can you're an indie rocker. I guess it would be the um, well. You have credibility. You have credibility, which in the indie rock world is all I got. Right. Please welcome uh, our special you, guest, Robert Pollard. <laughs> <laughs> Robert Howard. To the next song. Let's play. This is fun. To the next thing. I love it. This, uh, this, this allows you, if you are successful with the questions, to have an opinion about music. Otherwise, you have no credibility and you should flush yeah. yourself down the toilet. So here's, a, uh, here's a, some multiple choice questions. Um, and I'm going to ask... Uh, Who is Calvin Johnson? <laughs> that's good. Whoa, Jesus Christ, <laughs> man. You're right. Um, here's, here's, Jeopardy for yeah. <laughs> The indie cred test. Uh, never before has the power of selection been so indiscriminate. Here we go. Does your back begin to ache when A, during the headline band set, B, while the support band plays its longest solo, C, when you go when you got into a scuffle with security for refusing to let them search you, or D, you woke up with a bad back? D, every yeah. single time you've been at the show for hours, you were drunk, you didn't know. Yeah, uh, one of my favorite jokes he did was... Uh, What's the announcement you can do to clear out a Holt Steady show? Oh, with a gentleman with the plaid shirt and glasses, please go outside. You left your lights on. <laughs> with the 32-year-old gentleman with the plaid shirt and glasses, your please Prius go outside. Your battery is going to run out. Your wife is on the phone. Your newborn baby isn't taking its almond milk. I saw shellac last year, and uh, during question and answer period, uh, someone said, Hey, what was the name of that last song? And Albini goes... I don't know, man. Just like turn to your right or your left, find a guy with like a beard, like twenty pounds overweight. <laughs> <laughs> Ask him; he'll know. Glasses. Uh, I uh, I saw someone uh, once. Uh, they were like, "What song is that called?" And the guy was like, uh, "Song three, side B." <laughs> uh, all right. Was it Blur? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was song, like, "Sorry, yeah. we're just one off." Yeah. Um, all right. Your idea of old school indie rock is. A, the melodic bands of the 1980s post-punk scene. B, Sebado's Gimme Indie Rock 7-inch. C, Death Cab's first four shitty albums. No. D, Jesus Jones and Jimmy Eat World. And, or E, whatever was recently canonized by several references on Gossip Girl. Um, I'm going to go with A. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Why, why melodic bands in the 1980s post-punk scene? I don't know. I'm trying to establish cred. How yeah, am I yeah. doing? <laughs> well, that, Here's well, the thing. fits in with the replacements. And yeah. yeah. I mean, listen. And... I will tell you freely right now, I would lump Soul Asylum into that group. I'm just yeah, going to go ahead and go. Yeah, I would too. Um, here's some uh, yes or no uh, questions. If your job requires you to wear a suit, tie, or professional attire, have you ever worn it to a show? My job has never required me to do that. No. Cash? Wow. I know so, you're a suit and tie kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. Your name no, is Cash. So are you going to say that your job is no jacket required? <laughs> uh, <laughs> my job actually has a pretty high face value. Yeah. But studio to the next question. <laughs> Do you feel stupid buying a shirt from a band whose oldest member is at least 20 years younger than you? That's a great fucking question. That is a great question. I'm about the last shirt I bought. Three, three, I'm sure I bought a Porta Static shirt a couple of years ago, but I, I think you're okay. Yeah. That'd Mac, be like buying a Super Chunk Mac shirt. is basically my. Oh my Mac god! Well, who fronts the oldest member? <laughs> yes. Okay, I'm good. I yeah. do own. Well, no, I, no, I no. Pay for, but I, I would not. The answer is I. I would feel a little bit weird about that. Yeah. Yeah. I have an odd future shirt. Oh yeah, you actually probably. <laughs> it's you close. Got the, <laughs> That's within three years. Twenty probably. years. Shit, dude. Yeah. That's a long time. <laughs> Uh, Jonah, it's a giant book of questions. Just yes. Well, you'd be surprised. Um, 
So uh, this is a hipster or homo. <laughs> In many cases, there is a fine line between hipster and homosexual. Mark Eitzel. <laughs> Who is Mark Eitzel? Uh, how big is your record collection? How big is your roommate's record collection? Who would win in a fight, your roommates or your your record collection? <laughs> My wife has one All-American Reject CD. I win. <laughs> <laughs> do you prefer movies or films? What's the difference, and why do you think there's a difference? Is this the essay section? <laughs> <laughs> Chapter four, assholes. Yeah. Do you like sports? No? Thank God. <laughs> Ever? I feel. I have to say, oh. I feel like it's okay to like baseball. Here's one. Bring me back to something you said. Yeah. Ever had panther burns? Oh! Hey, you brought up panther burns earlier. I'm not sure didn't... if we were on mic when that happened. Cash, who's in panther burns? Uh, well, the early version or the later version? Mm, either one. Okay. Because I only got into them after Steve came aboard. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is Tav Falco. Oh, <laughs> Acceptable reasons to have children. Now, this is in the Indie Cred Test uh, by Chocolate Magazine, Henry Owens. By accident. Um... <laughs> Reason, accept, acceptable reasons to have children. You like being puked on, so you can make sure his first word is slayer. Because <laughs> a baby is worth like 500 bucks on the Australian black market or something. Uh, drinking in public is so much easier with a ba- crying baby. All you really feel comfortable driving is a minivan. You need an excuse to stop driving drunk. <laughs> can I say something here? For many years, I imagined that I would have a kid and they would just be fucking enthralled by my ticket stub collection. <laughs> I've been waiting for that my entire life to just be like, do you understand that Nirvana was opening for Dinosaur Jr., your little asshole? And uh, here I am now, at whatever age I am, 39, and I have no kids, so that plan has gone out the window. Oh, Suck my boy. balls. Suck my balls is, I think, the best, best way to do it. You can do what Mark Coleman did. Just Mark Coleman, yeah. The, the internet as your children yeah. and post a ticket stub a day on a Tumblr. Bart Coleman, a really, uh, really great comedy producer and writer, uh, just started scanning his, uh, and I was really into it. And he would also have a little story that goes along with it until he started talking about. Uh, he started just going into all of his Grateful Dead shit. Oh no! And uh, like the set list, and he's like, "That's when I became reborn." And I was like, "Bart, no!" Junior year of high school, the Grateful Dead on Saturday night, Slayer on Sunday night. True story. Wow! There you right. go. In fact, Slayer's live record, which was uh, taped at Orange Pavilion, I was there. Can you um, can you tell us about when you went to uh, uh, the Eagles uh, conference for uh, like it was a conference for bald eagles? The I don't I'm going to get the names wrong, but the national organization who were in charge of saving the Eagles had a website which was eagles.com, and they were sued by the Eagles <laughs> who wanted ownership. That's how much assholes the Eagles were. They literally sued to get the domain name back, and I believe before the case went to court, the national Eagles people. This awesome bed music just kind of gave up and said, Eagles, here you go, Don Fedler. You can have our website. And they just lost. Oh. Irving Azoff, man. They were rough. Yeah. And that the Eagles still probably cost that, like, charity a ton of money in legal fees just to deal with. It sure did. The, the Eagles are a litigious lot. Anyone will tell you that. Not friendly it's dudes. Gnarly. Uh, um,. You know, earlier we were talking about really awesome uh, song titles. Yes. I love, I love uh, song titles. It's just because I never pay attention to them. So when they're, del- you know, when I know them when they're funny. Like uh, here's a uh, this band, The Damage Done, which is a, uh, a Neil pretty Young good. reference. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they have a uh, they have a song called Quantum Leap. Mm-hmm. They have a song called Syntax Error. They have a song called Time Cop. They have a song called Washington State Forklift Champion. Good. <laughs> they have a song called Steve Perry, The Man, The Myth, The Legend. 
uh, a sandwich and a pizza. <laughs> That's probably my favorite one. Uh, I have like and a, in all caps. Yes, okay, and yeah. a, a sandwich and a pizza. <laughs> Um, but uh, let's uh, listen to a song of theirs uh, called Quantum Leap, I think. Well, did you guys hear another song title you might want to listen to? Sandwich and a pizza. <laughs> yeah, Sandwich and a pizza? Whatever you got. All right. Whatever song is long enough to pee during. Go for it. This is The Damage Done with a sandwich and a pizza. All right, the damage done. You can check out their stuff um, at thedamagedone.bandcamp.com. Love that. They were good. Love that bandcamp. Love that bandcamp. Yeah. Um. So let's uh let's talk about your crazy death metal band. Yeah. So on the back half of that band you played earlier, Amateur Night, I was pretty disillusioned with playing music. So I decided I got really into extreme death metal, and I decided I was going to make some. I really had no idea how to do it. Is that a subgenre of death metal? Sort of. I mean, I just like really. Or is that like like death metal for Guy Fieri? (laughs) (laughs) Well, at the time, I was wearing my sunglasses on the back of my neck, and I just remember thinking, let's make some metal. 
Um, no, I just was He's just got eyes on the back of his head, man, yeah. to look for those spices. <laughs> they were sneaking up on you, trying to get your tricks. They said they could tell me the recipe, but they'd have to kill me. Yeah. I just, I know he doesn't talk like that, but I always want to think that Guy Fieri just sounds like the guy from Smash Mouth. It's like, uh, yeah, come on along. Um, anyway, I was listening to a lot of hardcore death metal at the time, and I loved the way that the lyrics, bands like Cannibal Corpse and all that, were sort of just like a series of disgusting non sequiturs. So I started a band with my buddy Matt at work called Scrotum Mortem, which of course means dead scrotum. Of course, yeah. I think we all... Um, we spelled it S-K... No, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I'm just, for those of you who don't know what Scrotum Mortem is... It's weird that you thought no one would know what Scrotum Mortem is. And we is. spelled it S-K-R-O-T-V-M-M-O-R-O-T-V-M. <laughs> oh, very old school. Yeah. And one of the... Roman old school. One of the first and last songs we recorded, which you're about to hear, and by the way, people, it's fucking awesome, was Perineal Evisceration of the Infant's uh, Golgi Apparatus. So right. let me just... Uh, Walk you through a couple of the verses here. And you'll hear these in a second, and I dare you to make them out. Newborn pus ejaculation, torn sockets plunged in a bucket of bleach, gay infant spleens rot in dungeons, consumed by rancid angels, queer babies writhe in filth. Conglomerate of bewitched foreskins, annihilation of adjudication queef sandwich. I think this is how the movie The Gate starts. Stand by. (laughs) Ligaments ligaments stretched into ungodly hammocks, undescended testis roasting in Hades, rudimentary hyperbole of hyperextended craniums, smashing seminiferous visions, heterosexual heterozygous hemophiliac. One more verse here. Hold on, Sub- Hold on really quick. Just mm-hmm. a- oh. Subverted species of anal inversion. Prenatal coxswain in a river of bile. Cross-section of engorged uterus. Septuplet cere- cerebellum split with a shiv. Usurped throne of Gorgoth. Serpent seeds implanted in a womb of spiders. A meal of rank tumors. I wrote that shit. Okay. Uh, so uh, let's now um, check that song This is Scrotum Mortem with perineal evisceration of the infant's Golgi apparatus. Jesus, Jonah, you missed the drop right there at the top. drummer and was he actually doing double bass no and no i don't know what the first question was the drummer i believe was some sort of a machine but if you would like to sign this band <laughs> you are fucking weird <laughs> uh it was me um, and a guy named matt yeah, it's crazy that's a really short song yet it seemed longer yeah <laughs> 
No, no one is ever going to claim I was good at that. But I just you want you got to experiment in different genres in your life, haven't you ever done? Other, have you ever done other kinds of comedy besides alternative comedy? I don't believe I do alternative comedy. <laughs> ever? Eh, shit, that was a to bad be fair. You, you spent a lot of time with the uh, hammer and watermelons, though. You That's true. Sure, I did do that. Yeah, you did yeah. do prop act. I did do a prop oh, act. Yeah, prop act you did. Right. What was that? That was called Mister Propularity. You also did uh, ventriloquist. I did a ventriloquist act where uh, the ventriloquist dummy was in blackface. Uh, not my fault. Not my fault. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, I've done all. I've just I've spanned the genres of comedy. Friend. Well, there you go. See, so you and I are yeah. in the same boat. I've... Yeah, I'm erotic like, uh, comedy. You like, did that erotic, erotic comedy. comedy. Uh, I want to do funny monologues. No, uh, <laughs> uh, but short songs are fucking great. I love a short song. Uh, this band, the Ghoulies, sent me their uh, really short songs. Twenty four seconds. It's called Coffee Anima. The Ghoulies from Denver. So let's uh, listen to this. One, two, three, four. Okay. Short songs. <laughs> short song. Um, all right. Napalm Death. Great at short songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had a their the, Napalm Death on their first song, I believe, had a song that just went yeah, three seconds long. Yeah. Um, Parts and Labor too have a lot of really great super yeah. short songs. Yeah. Yeah, they have a lot of really great super short songs. Love a short song. Uh, all right. Well, that is it for this episode of Jonah Radio. Uh, thank you so much, our producer Cash Hartzell. Yeah. Which is uh, what's your Twitter at Cash Hartzell? At Cash Hearts. Hearts with a Z. With a Z. Uh, and then uh, Neil Mahoney, yes. our uh, our own little Baba Booey. Uh, it's at Brendan Walsh. B-R-E-N-D-O-N-W-A-L-S-H. <laughs> uh, sounds good. And uh, you're uh, Dong Attack. At, at Dong Attack. Um, spelled like it sounds. Spelled like it sounds. <laughs> um, and I'm at Jonah Ray. Oh, that sounds gross when I do it for myself, yeah, huh? Yeah, you do. Uh, what's yours, Jonah? It's just... It's just Oh, it's now, at, now it's natural because someone asked you. Uh, it's at Jonah Ray, but that's, that's, don't worry about that. <laughs> guys, uh, I rather. It's more about you. It's more about you. Um, <laughs> I'm going to end the, uh, the show on a, uh, on a song that I, I got. When I first got a Mac, MacBook in the garage band was like, my favorite fucking thing to use in the world. I got so into fucking playing with the, just loops and all this dumb bullshit. So I'm going to end the song on, um, on a, uh, a song I made for a video called The Slammiest. And it's all just loops and dumb bullshit. But uh, thank you so much for tuning in to Jonah Radio. Be sure to check out bluecollardistro.com for any uh, T-shirts you need. And send in your your theme songs, your your music to jonahradio at gmail.com. Am I forgetting anything? Encourage them to write charming emails along with those links. Yeah, sure. Write a charming email so Neil could fucking... Jerk off in a meadow or something like that. I'm not going to read them. I'm just saying like it's probably going to help you to listen to one rather than the other. That's true. And uh, as always, apologies for the first episode. So, uh, <laughs> so we're going to go out. As always, every, just uh, for the rest of time. Catchphrase. What? It's a great catchphrase. As always, sorry for the first episode. Yeah. <laughs>
Now leaving Nerdist.com. 